You can grab a seat. Good morning, Chapel family. Man, uh, we're looking forward to this morning. I wanted to give you a heads up as we uh, move towards next weekend. We're going to be launching a brand new weekend message series uh, that we've titled Undaunted, The Courageous Pursuit of God. And for four weeks, we're going to look at four different characters, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, and and discover with them the adventure that they found in finding Jesus and in following Jesus. And so we look forward to that series. But today, we come to the conclusion of the series that we've been in over the last two months. We've been looking at the Beatitudes, uh, these incredible statements that Jesus made that were meant to point us to what the good life really looks like and how to live it. And uh, we've learned about the good life looks like living humbly. And we've learned that the good life looks like uh, being a peacemaker and that the good life is acknowledging our desperate need for God. But this last beatitude that Jesus finishes this section of Scripture with is, is not easy. And it doesn't always feel good. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. And this one he expands a little bit, and I want us to, to look at the text together, and then we'll, we'll kind of pick it apart to better understand what Jesus is really saying. Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers, Jesus said. He said, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember that the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've never woken up on a morning only to jot out my life goals and values to include things like being persecuted or ridiculed or mocked. And yet in this passage, Jesus is saying that there's a promise that comes when we live a persecuted life. If I were to kind of boil this down to one sentence that Jesus is trying to get across to us this weekend. It's this, to suffer like the Savior. Can you say that with me? Suffer like the Savior. And the promise that Jesus holds out is that if we suffer like the Savior, we will be children of the Most High God, that we will be blessed, that we'll discover the truly good life. But the question is, if... And if we suffer, and if we truly suffer like the Savior. So I want us to take some time today to really think about two facets of this topic. One, how not to suffer like the Savior. And then how to suffer like the Savior. So the first one, how not to suffer like the Savior Well, it's to live in such a way that we avoid it altogether. That we avoid suffering. That we avoid persecution. Uh, Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted. He was saying that following Jesus will involve some suffering. We may not lose our lives 
for our faith, like people that I've even recently read about in India, in the ministry that we support. Recently, a, a, an Indian pastor. There's so much persecution happening there by radical Hinduism that a pastor, after a, a prayer meeting, like we just had in between our services, left the prayer meeting and was brutally beaten and killed. That's persecution. But Jesus is saying that if we're going to follow Jesus wherever we are, while we might not face that level, that persecution is part of the pathway of following Jesus. And so we want to continue to think about not just how not to suffer, you know, that's avoiding it altogether. I don't know about you, but when when I'm feeling sick or, you know, something's bothering me, like I try to avoid pain at all costs, like I'm not running to the doctor, I don't want any shots, I don't want, you know, we do sometimes the same thing in our spiritual lives, I think, though. We, we, we sometimes want the good life or the blessings that Jesus has for us, but we avoid the discomfort, the suffering, perhaps the persecution that may be involved in truly following Christ. So instead of avoiding it, that brings us to our, our next how to suffer like the Savior, and that is that we live in such a way that we embrace it. Instead of avoiding all suffering for Christ, we actually embrace it. That's why Jesus would say in this beatitude, be glad about it, be very happy about it. He was saying embrace it, don't avoid it. Know that if we're following Jesus, this is part of that. In, in Paul's letter to Timothy, a young pastor who was influencing many others, Paul reminds Timothy, yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. I know, this is not an encouraging message, is it? You know, sometimes I think the church at large has set people up for failure, making them think that following Jesus is just, man man, life just is awesome. Like, it just goes great, you know, from the moment you put your faith in Christ. Like, and and life just is so full. And sometimes following Jesus is hard and heavy. And we could even suffer for the very beliefs that we hold dear. The early church, they knew what this was about. In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, it says, the apostles left the high council, listen to this, rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. They were suffering like the Savior, and they were rejoicing over it. They had joy that they were counted worthy to suffer. As soon as we start suffering, we start complaining and saying, well, where's God now, and why is this happening to me? And yet Jesus clearly tells us in the Beatitudes God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right. So that leads us to uh, the flip side of this, and that is how not to suffer like the Savior. And that's when we're mocked for all of the wrong reasons. When we're mocked for all of the wrong reasons. Remember, we said a bottom line truth is to suffer like the Savior. But truth be told, sometimes... We as followers of Christ, we might be facing suffering or persecution or ridicule or being mocked, but it has nothing to do with how we're standing for Jesus. 
maybe it's the attitude with which we hold our values and our faith. Maybe it's some of the poor things that we've said or actions that we've done that we're being persecuted for, but it isn't necessarily tied to our faith. Or maybe it's some of the things that we've posted, or not just that we posted them, it's the way that we post them, right? Carrie Newhoff, one of my favorite pastors, says, often Christians aren't providing an alternative to the anger and outrage online. They're fueling it. And this is never, you guys, this has never been more true. And man, as we approach this political season, I'm not saying don't have your values, don't have your beliefs, don't stand for what you stand for. Hold your convictions, and yet let's hold our convictions with kindness. Let's not fuel the fire that is already raging. Matt Chandler, another pastor, so boldly puts it this way. He says, if you're being reviled and hated and it's true and it's not because of Jesus, you're probably just a jerk and need to repent. Like, wow. I didn't say that to you guys. I mean, he said it, so. And yet there's some truth to that, isn't there? You know, sometimes I think we as Christians, you know, we, 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 it's easy for us to point fingers at the world and, you know, well, they, you know, they just don't listen to us and they just don't believe what we believe and blah, blah, blah. And that's true. And, and we feel like we're being ganged up on or, or attacked. But what if some of that is our own fault? It's, it's sometimes the way that we've held our convictions we aren't acting like Jesus. We're suffering for all the wrong reasons. And that brings us then to the flip side of that. Uh, how to suffer like the Savior is to be mocked, but mocked for all of the right reasons. For all the right reasons. Jesus said God blesses those who are persecuted for what? For doing right. For doing the right thing. No matter what the cost even when it's hard, even when maybe no one else is doing the right thing or standing for the right thing. But how we stand for it is to stand for it the way that Jesus would, to reflect him. That's why Jesus said, God blesses you when people mock you, persecute you, lie about you. Why? And say all sorts of evil things because you are my followers. It's so attached to following Jesus. That's when we're, when we're mocked or we are persecuted, or we may suffer, but for the right kinds of reasons, as followers of Jesus. So what does it look like to follow Jesus in this day and age, in our culture, with all that we're facing? I love the first words of the book of John, the Gospel of John. And John is writing about Jesus, and he says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He's talking about Jesus, the God of the universe, coming and taking on human flesh, coming to our world. And it says, we have seen his glory. What was so glorious about Jesus? It says, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You guys, this is the key. Too many times... Christ followers have been persecuted and mocked and ridiculed, but it's because 
they erred only on the side of truth. Like, well, they need to know this. They need to believe this. Well, they need to get right with God. And we've got to stand on truth. I'm not, trust me, our, our number one value here at the chapel is that we depend on God. We rely on God and his word. And that will never, ever change. We will stand for truth. But how we stand for truth and how we speak truth is always to be done full of grace as well. It's grace and truth. And if we suffer or if we're mocked or if we're ridiculed for that, for speaking the truth but speaking the truth in love, for being kind and gracious and yet taking a firm stand, well then we're suffering for the right reasons and we're finally suffering like the Savior. Grace and truth. That's not easy though. Yesterday, uh, Lisa and I came back, and Carter and Lisa's mom, we took a trip to Indiana. We went to go visit our girls. They're, uh, Gracie's a freshman, and Laney's a junior at Indiana Wesleyan University. We were supposed to get to go see them cheer, but the, the game got canceled because of yeah, COVID stuff. And Oh, jeez, I'm with you guys. <laughs> but we got to see them, and it was so refreshing to be with them and to hear about how school's going. Actually, last week, Gracie texted me, and uh, she kind of had an aha moment. For, um, for our girls and for any, I mean, if you're a young person in the room, if you're a child, you're a kid going to school, you're a tween, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, man, it is a hard time to follow Jesus, isn't it? Times have just changed. It's different from when I was a teen. It's different from when many of us were young people. But even as adults, it's, it's not an easy time to follow Jesus, is it? To, to live out grace and truth. But our daughter Gracie she, and Lainey, they've tried. You know, they're cool, cool girls. They're cheerleaders. They're popular, and yet they weren't popular. Not fully popular. You want to know why? Because they wanted to do what was right. They tried to just follow Jesus. And of course, not perfectly. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. I can remember times when, when I remember one time Lainey came home and with tears in her eyes told me today because of a decision she made or a decision she wouldn't make, somebody called her church girl. Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right. And, and our girls, they've tried really hard not to like judge or point fingers or come down on anybody. But sometimes just by the way we live, if we're living in grace and truth, it will make other people feel in the wrong or that they're being judged. Gracie's in a New Testament survey class. It's so cool. She gets to take a Bible class as part of her college education. The other day, she was texting me back and forth. And she sent me this text message. She said, here's something that my prof said that I love. This was a wake-up moment for her. She said, her prof said, the world hates disciples because we make others feel the weight of the sin that they have in their life. And she went on to say, I feel like that relates to my life so much, especially in high school. 
they got, our girls sometimes, <laughs> on Friday night, they would have nothing to do. Nobody called. Why? Because everybody was out partying, and everybody knew that they weren't going to party. And again, they're not perfect kids. But Jesus says that if we're going to really follow him, it's not going to always be easy. And it's not always going to feel good. In fact, sometimes we'll be mocked, sometimes we'll be ridiculed, sometimes we'll be persecuted for our faith. And yet, it's worth it. It's worth it. That's why Jesus holds out this promise. And this leads us to the last way how to suffer like the Savior. It says we are convinced that the temporary pain of suffering for Jesus points to our eternal reward of being with Jesus. What did Jesus say? After he says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. After Jesus says, God will bless you when people lie about you and say all kinds of things against you. Jesus says, there is a great reward that awaits you in heaven. And remember, he says, the ancient prophets, they were persecuted in the same way. He was saying, you're in good company if you're living a life of both grace and truth and you're getting hit for it. It's worth it. Jesus was saying there's a reward for living rightly. He was saying there was a, there is a prize when we face persecution. If we're suffering, but suffering like the Savior. I love the way that the Apostle Paul put it. Paul had one goal in life. He said, I, just, I want to know Christ. This is my lifelong goal, to know Jesus more and more and to see him at the end of my days. He said, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Man, we like that part, don't we? Like, yeah, I want to know Christ. Yeah, the power of his resurrection, like supernatural power happening in our lives and through our lives and around us as we live our faith out, seeing God at work in majestic, powerful ways. Yeah, I want to know Christ in that way, don't you? We all do. But look at what Jesus said. He said, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him even in his death. See, the Apostle Paul knew that to truly know Jesus and experience Jesus, it wasn't going to just be through Jesus' power. It was going to be through Jesus' sufferings. He, like Jesus, was saying, suffer like the Savior. Suffer like the Savior. It's worth it. As we began this series, we started walking through each of the Beatitudes, how Jesus points to the good life. And before we even began this series, I, I was reading a prayer one day by someone that I follow on social media. His name is Scotty Ward-Smith. And the title of his prayer was, The Longing for a Gospel-Shaped Grace-filled heart, praying through the Beatitudes. 
And we thought together today at all of our campuses that we together would again pronounce these Beatitudes together. And so in a moment, I'm going to start reading, and what you'll see highlighted in yellow is for all of us to read. It's, it's Jesus' declaration of what the good life really looks like. And then there's a prayer attached, and I'm just going to pray that prayer on all of our behalf. So why don't we stand together? And would you proclaim these Beatitudes highlighted in yellow together? Let's say it out loud together. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let me pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, now that I am no longer condemned for my sins, convict us quickly and deeply. Keep us always aware of our need for more grace and more of the Spirit's work in our lives. We want to be the chief repenter in all of our relationships. Read it with me. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so, Jesus, free us to grieve about the ways that we love poorly, not making lame excuses or insincere promises. Grant us godly sorrow and the comfort that you alone can give. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. We love humility in others, but grow a more humble heart in us, Jesus. For surely we have plenty about which to be humble. And by grace, make us more gentle and less defensive. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And now that you are our legal righteousness, Jesus, we pray that you would intensify our hunger for becoming a more righteous person and someone who works tirelessly and hopefully for justice in our community. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And as we have received so much mercy in the gospel, and daily mercies from our Father. May we be more merciful in our relationships and situations that tend to aggregate, aggr aggravate us. We want to lead with kindness, not rightness. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And Jesus, we long for the day that we will see you as you are and we will be made like you. And until that day, grant us a purer heart, a single heart, a whole heart with which to love and worship and serve you. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Jesus, you are our peace. You have reconciled us to God by your life, death, and resurrection once for all, Hallelujah. By the Spirit, we pray, use us as a peacemaker in our relationships and in our community. Forgive us when we care more about winning than loving. 
And finally, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And so we pray, if we are to be persecuted for anything, Jesus, may it be for living out the implications of the gospel in our community. And may the gospel be the only offensive thing about us, Jesus. So very amen, we pray in your glorious and graceful name. Jesus, would you help us? Help us to discover and to live the good life, even if it means suffering. Suffering like you, Jesus, our incredible Savior. To that end, we pray and ask for your help. Amen. Hey, everybody.